0: and we are still living off the fumes of E3, trying to sift through everything. But, Yield, before we get into anything video game related, I read an article, something Star Wars related, that I wanted your opinion on. Are you ready? Alright, I'm ready. I'm sitting down. Hit me. Apparently, uh, in an interview with Stephen Colbert, Samuel Jackson has said that he wants to do more with Mace Windu, that he would love to reprise the role, and, quote, using Darth Maul as an example, As someone who can live through a traumatic event, uh, (laughs) Samuel Jackson was quoted as saying, There's a long history of one-handed guys that were Jedis, Luke Skywalker, that have lightsabers that still make it. Jackson continued, Jedis can fall from incredible heights and not die like cats. Now, I would love to see Mace Windu back in the Star Wars universe, but I don't really think that they would be hiding all the Jedis away at this time, only to bring, like, to presume them all dead and then bring Mace Windu back, just, like, walk up to Rey and Poe Dameron and be like, hey, what's up, y'all? I'm here to help. That, that, I just don't see that happening.
1: Well, I don't think you would see him in, like, episode nine. If he were to make a comeback, it would be in a spin-off Star Wars movie, a la, if you haven't seen it yet, so spoilers, skip ahead, um, like Solo, where Darth Maul comes back in. So it would be something like that. It would be something back in the timeline. Which I would be perfectly fine with. Because when I started to read the article, that was the first thing that came to my mind. Was, well, he was thrown out the building, but you never saw a body. So, no body. He's not technically dead. So, therefore, yeah, he can make a comeback. They can always
0: save it for another movie. And, like, you know, we as, like, moviegoers and gamers, we're, like... Prone to suspension of disbelief. I mean, we have to with some of the games that we play. This would be a reach, though. As much as I would love to see, Mace Windu is my favorite Jedi. I, I love him. I love Samuel L. Jackson in that role. I just think it would be a stretch to be like, "Hey, you fell out of the tallest building in Coruscant and you somehow survived." Like, I don't, I don't see that happening. But like you said, there was no body. So, Stranger
1: things have happened in the Star Wars universe.
0: Stranger things have happened. Yes. But love Mace to and love would, would love to see him back in some capacity. So, we are going to crack into episode 394 now, and I guess the best way to do that is give you our updated trophy counts. Tricky is level, and you all may notice that there's probably not a whole lot changing here. Uh, Tricky is level 40, total trophy count of 10,016. Uh, he did actually, it looks like, get 13 more trophies uh, week over week, so... Platinum count of 120, I'm level 31, total trophy count of 6,865, with a platinum count of 102 and 101 games. My trophy count did not move an inch, since getting the 100% in what remains to be the Finch, but that will likely change within the next week, because Crash Team Racing Nitro field comes out, and I'm going to be buying that. Yield, you, uh, well, we'll get, um, fuck it, we'll do the, we'll do the trophies after this, but you were talking earlier about an article you sent me on Twitter yeah. specifically mentioning because I told you about like how there's probably going to be time trials and ghost trials in this where you have to beat the developer ghost to earn a trophy which are probably going to be pretty hard. Probably. And that was kind of my one lament about going after the Platinum but I, I still said I was going to go, I was still going to buy the game because oh, yeah. I just enjoy that game so much.
1: So, um, this article that I read was talking about what they're going to, what kind of like the developer's going to do to keep people interacted into the game, DLC, stuff like that. So, what they're doing is I think starting the 1st of July, they're going to do what's called Grand Prix. And I'm putting these in air quotes, Grand Prix. And what it is, it's, it's a set of challenges ranging from really easy to pretty doggone difficult. And as you complete these challenges, you get I I think it's coins, don't quote me on it. But basically, you get, we'll say coins. And then you can then use these coins to buy, there will be a set of things that you can purchase during this Grand Prix. Cart, character, customizations to the cart or the character, stuff that that you can purchase because you completed these set of challenges during the Grand Prix. And they're going to have these Grand Prix every so often to, you know, to keep coming back. And then they also mentioned like, uh, they're going to be adding Spyro into the game as a, as a as a downloaded character that I, I think it's a purchasable character that you can have in your roster to drive with and stuff like that. And I was like, well, that sounds pretty cool. You know, little, you know, Grand Prix and stuff like that. That would be awesome. So I was just tagging you in on that because I know you, you were in, very interested in crash team racing.
0: I could probably p- fare pretty well in some of those. Although I'm sure that there are some insane crash team racing players that uh, would, I would not be worthy of licking their boots.
1: Well, I, that's what I figured. I was like, well, I, I, I'm glad that they, they admitted that, hey, listen, we've got a wide range of stuff from from really simple to you, you know, for the people that, you know, are no slouch at kart racings. So Well, also, it's
0: great to see that they're doing more with the game than just like spitting out a remake and saying, here you go, give us, give us our money. They're actually doing more, which is really nice.
1: They did a lot more. They were saying, I saw a video, uh, was it PlayStation Underground? Was doing an interview with some of the de- from the developers, and they were talking about they were doing the one track, and I can't remember the name of it. It had to do something with the dragon, and dragon mines. Dragon mines. The only thing about the dragon mines was the fact that it had dragon mines on the name. There was nothing else about dragon throughout the entire mine. So when they redid the game, a lot of the maps they didn't change the course or anything, but what they did was they changed the background. Because the PlayStation 1 couldn't do everything that that the 4 can. So they added a whole bunch of stuff to the background. They added like a whole mining community that you can see in the background. And they're working. And there's mining carts going everywhere full of gold. And then one turn, there is this big old dragon like they unearthed in the mine. And he tries to blow fire on you as you go sliding by the corner.
0: You know why it was probably called Dragon Mines back in the day, right?
1: No, I that I don't know.
0: It's it's because Komodo Joe and Komodo Mo, uh, the Komodo like they were based on Komodo dragons. Uh, they were boss characters in the second Crash Team, uh, uh, in the second Crash Bandicoot game. Uh, Kr- Komodo Mo was the essentially second boss fight or boss race you had in the game, and it took place in Dragon Mines. So their Komodo drag, he's a Komodo dragon. That's probably why they called it Dragon Mines.
1: Yeah. So I mean, well, I thought that was pretty cool because somebody who didn't play. Crash Team Racing the first time, I wouldn't have known that all this extra stuff they did in the background wasn't there. So I'm like, wow, they it wasn't just a copy-paste, they actually put time into the game, so. Well
0: and they put a lot of time, Vicarious Visions did, into the uh insane trilogy, which came out a couple years ago, and you know, seeing the sales of that, Activision is probably like, oh my god, people still love Crash Bandicoot, they will still buy this. If we put a lot of effort into it, that I mean the money will be there. So, and, and there's been a lot of excitement for this game already, so the money will be there.
1: Have you seen some of the Crash Team racing commercials already?
0: I have not. Does it include the old school, like, big head Crash, like the dude in the Crash costume? It
1: does. It's the dude in the Crash costume. He's sitting on a cart, and he like shows, he's like an Uber driver. And he shows up, the dude gets in, and he's like, hey, you might want to buckle up.
0: It is called nitro-fueled.
1: <laughs> and it's, it's pretty good. I think the one he got pulled over by a cop. I caught the tail end of that one. He's, like, talking with a cop. And I was like, oh, my gosh. These are classic. I think that was also in
0: an older commercial. It'd be cool if they just redid the older commercials and just, like, updated them a little bit with, like, newer visuals and stuff.
1: Yeah. Well, Yield, how about you update us on your trophy count? So, uh, I am like Alex. I actually, I did play... A lot of video games this week. I just did not earn any trophies, so I am still currently a level twenty-eight, trophy count of five, seven, nine, three, and holding steady at ninety platinums.
0: Steve is level fifteen with a total trophy count of two thousand one hundred fifty-nine, platinum count of eleven, and Sid is level thirty-eight, total trophy count of eight thousand nine hundred nine, and a platinum count of one hundred and sixty-four. Killing it. So I mean, I haven't been playing a ton. Like I said, I haven't played the PlayStation since What Remains of Edith Finch. I plan to buy Crash Team Racing in the middle. It's just been more Switch games. So, Yield, I know that you said you played a lot of games. I imagine Rock Band is one of those games because Tricky's been posting. He uh, he posted about beating one of your scores. I can't remember. It was Simple Man was the score that he beat you in. Barely, barely beat you. Like a
1: 1,000-something? Yeah, yeah, something like that. And did you see my response to him? I, I told him it's, it's good he's been practicing. If he keeps it up, he might beat more of them. So what well, this all started about was, so I, I was playing, I played guitar and I played bass in, in the last week of our challenge. And on bass, I was doing really good. I was playing a lot on expert. I was getting a lot of top five scores. I was getting a lot of gold, you know, gold five stars and all that. And so I was, I was, you know, hey, look at me. I'm kind of bragging. The tricky, look, man, I'm I'm doing really good. And he was like, get good. And I'm like, dude, you're nowhere near me on guitar or bass. Like I look. Well, that's what Tricky says.
0: Like he tell whenever somebody has a problem in a game, he's like, get good. But yet you tell him to get good while playing Ratchet and Clank, and
1: he's like, I can't do it. So I look at the stats, and it compares it to where you rank at amongst your friends on both guitar and bass. I am leaps and bounds above tricky. All right. And most of my scores, I have got tricky beat. There are a few. He's got me beat on. And he keeps saying how he just comes back and rebeats me on the songs. There could be songs that I haven't gone back and replayed that he has beat me on. But anyway, so that's what the start of this whole thing of is you are not on the level that I am on. So he now posts that picture of going, look, I beat your score. And he only beat it by seventeen hundred or something. I mean, it's he, still, it's a beat, it's a win. But I'm just like, that's why I'm like, well, good. You still got a whole bunch more scores to beat. Keep practicing. We may have stumbled upon the new king of Kong.
0: Maybe. Now, yield. Was there anything else that you had played besides the the uh, the twiddly fingers and the the strings?
1: So I, I, I played a lot of Rocket, Rock Band 4, um, played a lot of World of Warships, uh, played some Days Gone. Uh, yesterday, Homer gets stuffed and prepared a dire scum. We got together and we were playing video games and we played uh, Hot Shots Golf, uh, uh, Rocket League, uh, what was the other? all oh, and we played, fired up some Mario Kart 8. None of us had ever really played. And dear God, are them tracks hard. They're fun, but they're hard. And then also, the random deaths out of nowhere. You know, I'd be driving on, because we were playing Grand Prix, three of us against, you know, I I think you can have 12 racers on a track. So it was the three of us against the rest of the computer. And you'd be cruising along in first place, and all would be going well, and all of a sudden, you would just die. And it wasn't the blue shell of death. It would just, all of a sudden, somebody hit you with something. And, like, where... Where did this come from? I think the worst thing about Mario Kart
0: over the years is they've just made it so much easier to play that game and to be like to win at it. Like I feel like it takes little to no skill to win at Mario Kart by the, by this point. All right. Well, you may be playing The Last of Us Two sooner than you might have thought. Uh, oh, I say really? That and I will. I will preface this with it's not expected to be out this year. So I will say that. But there are there's speculation. There's nothing come from Sony yet, nothing confirmed, but that the game is going to come out in February of 2020, which wouldn't necessarily match up with the release of the PlayStation 5. We had wondered if the PlayStation 5 was going to come out, and The Last of Us 2 was going to be a big launch title for that. But, you know, if this turns out to be true, then this will be nowhere near the launch of the PlayStation 5.
1: We still really haven't seen that much from The Last of Us 2 yet. I mean, we saw a little bit of gameplay at last year's E3, and then that's been about, or was it, or was it, uh, anyway, one of Sony's pressers, whether it was E3 or one of their individual ones, we saw a little bit of of The Last of Us gameplay. But other than that, that's been about it. Well, I mean,
0: given how much time that they've had, that the game has been in development, you figure it's been at least a couple years now. I wouldn't think it would be out of the realm of possibility that it would actually come out next February, especially to keep it away from some of the bigger games during the holiday season. Uh, now, IGN kind of compiled all these um, these points of speculation and that kind of leads people to believe that, you know, giving credence to this February 2020 release date. Uh, it all comes one of the prongs is from an interview with Ashley Johnson on YouTube. Ashley Johnson, of course, is the voice of Ellie uh, where she is asked about a release date and then mouths what looks to be f- the beginning of February, but then she's cut off. So that is one piece that maybe Ashley Johnson gave it away. Again, far from confirmation. And uh, also Kotaku, Jason Schreier, a writer for Kotaku, talked about um, the report. He actually correctly predicted or reported that Death Stranding would come out in November, and it is. He also has said that February is going to be the release date of The Last of Us 2, so we'll, we'll have to see if that's true. But, you know, the whole thing about him getting the Death Stranding release right is... At least giving more credence to his point. And finally, the last is a video game industry analyst named Daniel Maud from Nico Partners talking about how the internal date for Naughty Dog is February of next year. Now, uh, IGN says that there is they have n- no, no idea how he came across this information. So you may want to take that last one with a grain of salt. In fact, take it all with a grain of salt. But given how long the game has been in development, how long we've known about it, I don't think that it's crazy to say that it's going to come out of February next year.
1: It wouldn't shock me either. But, I mean, there's still, this June now, Sony's probably going to have something here at the end of summer, if not sooner. There's still plenty of time to hear something and it, and it to be true. It's just something to get excited for. I, I, I'm not, like, rushing out to try to pre-order it yet, but... It's not out of the rim of possibility.
0: The sources may be kind of... The information may be kind of shaky because Ashley Johnson didn't say February. Um, people only think she mouthed the first sound of the word February. And, you know, Jason Schreier, yes, his sources have been right with just Stranding. They got that right about the November release date, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're right again. Although, you know... That is something, like, like if he gets one right, if his sources get one thing right, you would tend to believe them or have a better chance of believing them on the following information. And then, you know, the analyst who said that Naughty Dog's internal date is this month, this year, and not knowing where he got that from can't really put a whole lot of behind that. But we can certainly hope that the game comes out as, as this soon because, really, for me, when I look at the, play, the road for PlayStation, not knowing necessarily when Ghost of Tsushima is coming out, or really any big games coming out this year, no release date or any information on Horizons or Dawn 2, this may be Sony's next big game. Unless, S.H.I.E.L.D., I missed a game that you can think of.
1: No, I actually kind of, since there was no E3, or no Sony at E3, I'd kind of forgotten about Ghost of Tsushima. Well, I mean, we
0: got, um, we got Days Gone right before E3, so that was like their big game earlier this year. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it kind of makes you wonder if it is coming out in February next year. Is that Sony's next big game?
1: It could be. If not, then I would, I would say it's got to be Ghost of Tsushima. Well, I mean,
0: if, if like, I would assume that The Last of Us 2, if it doesn't come out in February, it'll definitely come out sometime next year. But we have a list of games that have already been confirmed next year. And, yield. I mean, we always say this every year when we see release calendars. But it looks like next year's going to be really good for gamers, and really hard on our wallets.
1: Oh, yeah. I, w- I was scrolling through this going, oh, yep, that one, that one, that one. Doggone it.
0: IGN compiled this list, and it includes Ori and the Will of the Wisp, February 11th, 2020, for PC and Xbox One. Gods and Monsters, February 25th, 2020. PC, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and Stadia. Final Fantasy seVen Remake, exclusive to the PS4, March 3rd, 2020. Watch Dogs Legion, March 6, 2020, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Animal Crossing New Horizons, March twentieth, 2020, for Switch. Again, that was, uh, to the disappoint of many, disappointment of many, delayed until next year. Vampire the Masquerade, Bloodlines 2, March 2020, PS4, PC, and Xbox One. Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, early 2020, PS, uh, PS4, ps PC, and Xbox One. And remember, that's one of the games that Microsoft showed at, at their press conference at E3. Rainbow Six Quarantine, early 2020, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Trials of Mana, early 2020, PA... I keep switching back and forth between PS4 and PC, <laughs> and it fucks me up. PC, PS4, and Switch. Cyberpunk 2077, real Sleeper. April 16th, 2020, PC, PS4, Xbox One. Marvel's Avengers, May 15th, 2020, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Stadia. Dying Light 2. I'm glad those two are a month apart. Dying Light 2, quarter two of uh, 2020, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Minecraft Dungeons, Spring 2020, PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Outriders, another pick by Yield. Summer of 2020, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Halo Infinite, Holiday of Next Year, Xbox One, and Project Scarlet, which is, of course, the code name for the new Xbox console was going to be released in holiday of next year. Carry On, 2020 PC and consoles in parentheses. Destroy All Humans Remake, 2020 PC, PS4, and Xbox One. Yield, i bet you're buying that one.
1: You know, I probably will. But my, my brother picked up the uh, the download versions of Destroy All Humans, Destroy All Humans 2, and said it was really fun. And I'm like, you know, maybe I should have given that game a try, so. Oh,
0: I just assumed you'd already played them because they seem like right up your alley.
1: No, I, I, I missed them. It's probably the closest
0: thing we'll have to a Mars Attacks video game. I know, right? Empire of Sin 2020 PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Lego Star Wars, The Skywalker Saga, which I expect that both Tricky and Yield would get the Platinums in. 2020, Absolutely. PC, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. It's Star Wars, man. No More Heroes 3, 2020 on the Switch. I know that a lot of people loved Travis Touchdown in the No More Heroes game, but I tried playing them on the Wii and I just I couldn't get them. Didn't do it for you? Didn't click with me. Persona 5 Royal, 2020 worldwide... October 31st, 2019, Japan. Okay, so it's going worldwide 2020, but of course the Japanese will be getting it on October 31st, Halloween of this year. Of course, that's for PS4. Pokemon Sleep 2020, iOS and Android. I am still interested to see how that's going to work out. Yield. Have you heard about Pokemon Sleep at all? No, I haven't. It's a... It's a game that tracks your sleep and somehow integrates a Pokemon game into that. Okay. So, the better you sleep, the better your rewards you'll get for the game. Okay. And we still don't know. It's going to be made, I think it's being made by Niantic, which is the group that does Pokemon Go. And we still don't know if there's going to be any tie into that. You would think that a game called Pokemon Sleep could not stand on its own without being tied to Pokemon Go. But we shall see. One of my favorite games coming out, Psychonauts 2 for 2020, PC, PS4, and Xbox One. If you were a little concerned or disappointed that Double Fine got bought by Microsoft, which was announced at their press conference at E3, well, Tim Schafer did at least guarantee that Psychonauts 2 will be coming to the PlayStation 4. So, take solace in that, that you will at least get the second adventure in the PlayStation, or the Psychonauts Saga. Psychonauts Saga, that sounds really nice. We got to have more than two games. Let's make three or four, six buy them all. Buy them all. Tales of Reese, 2020 PS4, PC, and Xbox One. Way to the Woods. 2020 PC and Xbox One. That is all the list of games they have compiled far, but it is quite a list. Yield, I know that I mentioned that I'm looking forward to Psychonauts and, you know, you know, talked about the possibility of The Last of Us 2 coming next year, but are there any games other
1: than, ones, other than the ones I specifically mentioned that you were looking forward to? Wreckfest! If I don't get it this year, by God, I better get it next year. And Luigi... Well, wait, Luigi's Mansion's coming out this year, isn't it?
0: Yeah, Luigi's Mansion's coming out this year, likely holiday of 2019, so...
1: I will say that Nintendo...
0: Yeah, they have Animal Crossing for next year, but most of their big games seem to be coming out this year with Pokemon Sword and Shield and Luigi's Mansion coming at the end of the year. Of all the games that you think could be coming out next year, Yield, what's the one that you would guarantee that... uh, that you're most likely to spend your money on?
1: Well, I'm going to say, of the confirmed games coming out next year, I'm going to go... I'm definitely getting LEGO Star Wars and Cyberpunk.
0: You know, I saw a meme that somebody posted about two cats, like snuggling with another cat in the middle, and the cat in the middle didn't look very happy. looked like he was trapped and trying to get out, a little claustrophobic. But basically, the cat in the middle represented the $60 that I have, and the two cats on the sides represented Borderlands 3 and Cyberpunk. And, you know, I understand, you know, people have only so much disposable income, but Borderlands 3 is coming out this September, and Cyberpunk's supposed to be coming out next year. Yeah, plenty of time. That meme, yeah, I saw that meme, and now it makes a little less sense to me. It's still funny because the cat in the middle had a terrified look on its face. But now I'm thinking it's like, I really hope that you can buy both games if you want to play both games. It was Roberto. I think he posted it in the Game Stuff group on Facebook. But yeah, so I most definitely will be putting down my money on Psychonauts 2. Don't need to look at any reviews. Don't need to watch anything. I'm just buying it. That's how much faith I have in Tim Schafer and Double Fine.
1: Here's my money. Take it now.
0: You know, we, we all have um, faith in certain developers, and we all have you know certain games that we're going to buy right away. It seems like people still aren't sold on Avengers. Marvel's Avengers, of course, being done by Square Enix and Crystal Dynamics, the, the group of people to find, a group of people across the Atlantic who brought us the Tomb Raider reboots. Now, you know, there's more information coming out about Marvel's Avengers. One of the things that Sean cake uh, the game's director, talked about is how there's been some backlash against... The way the characters look in the game, something we touched on on our episode last week when yeah. we talked about the E3 uh, video that they showed off at the press conference. And he Sean has come out and said that basically they're not going to change the models for the characters to meet fans' demand. That basically people Good. are disappointed in the way that they look, saying that, hey, this doesn't look like Robbie Downey Jr. or Chris Evans. Well, basically... The game that they showed is still in alpha, so he did say that they may refine the characters a little bit, because there was some talk of Uncanny Valley, and, you know, the look of where it looks like a human, but not really. Almost sort of monster-ish. So he does kind of want to, he does point out that they're going to refine that, but they've come out and said that this game is more based on the comics than the MCU.
1: Well, and I was okay with that. I I, I saw that, and I think I replied to whoever whatever the original tweet I saw was that posted that I went good. They shouldn't because they, you know, they took their creative thing and they went with it. And even I, when I saw the trailer was like, wow, that is nothing like the characters that I'm used to. And I, and I said that I didn't think I even said it out loud if I didn't just say it in my head. And then after I got done watching the trailer, when we said it on the show, it was like, you know what? You're not gonna get Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans and Chris Hemsworth and Scarlett Johansson to uh, not only say you're not gonna get them to allow their likeness and you're probably not and that you won't be able to get them to come in and do voiceover. But it one, you got scheduling. Two, you got the licensing fees. So you're it it just unless they were doing this when the whole Avenger thing took off, and it was part of the contract. You're not really going to get that. Instead, you're going to get likenesses, and yeah, it's not even it's not even close. But you know what? They, they're doing their own thing and running with it. It's they even said it's a total separate story. So I'm I'm okay with it. It's going to take some getting used to, but I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they're definitely telling their own story. And, you know, what people have to remember is this is not, like, I think part of the problem is that people, these characters have been around forever. Obviously, they were created by Marvel, Stanley, um, Jack Kirby. Like, a lot of these characters have been around for decades, but they have not been popularized until really the MCU. How many people were going around talking about Iron Man or wearing... Captain America shirts or really talking about Thor before all these MCU movies come out. So really, this was the first introduction that a lot of these people had to these characters. So, I mean, what are they going to do? Are they Are going to pick up a comic these days and it doesn't look like Chris Evans? And they say, this isn't my fucking Steve Rogers. Who is this? I think, you know, the characters No, They don't look like they did in the MCU but that's, they're not supposed to because this is not MCU tie-in games. It's just its own thing. And they're trying to The creators are trying to tell their own story, which is why, I mean, yes, there's coincidence that the five they showed off in the trailer and Hawkeye coming later in the game, that they are the ones that showed up in the original um, movie, the 2012 Avengers, Uh, but that's purely coincidence because, as they say, they're just trying to tell their own story and they try to figure out the best possible characters to tell that story. So this is not a movie tie-in game. It's not about the movies. It's not a continuation of the movies. It is just based on the characters and the Avengers themselves. And, you know, I I applaud the developers for saying, hey, we're not going to change it. You know, this is their game and I don't think they should have to change it. I don't necessarily think that all the characters should have to look like their Marvel movie counterparts because that's not the exact representation, you know, of those characters in the comics. It's not like you open up a comic book and Chris Hemsworth is there as Thor. Yeah. It's a new interpretation of them. So this is the way they look. Just get used to it. I know people have an expectation of how things will look. And they get to know characters, and it's like that's how they look. That's how my the, the Captain America that I've come to know looks. But sorry, these characters have looked many different ways. They've had like many different faces attached to them over the years. They've been played by been played by many different people within the Marvel universe. You just kind of have to accept that it doesn't look like they do in the MCU.
1: I couldn't have said it better.
0: Now you, we also have some other news that IGN got. Um, of course, there were some questions left over after. The, uh, the press conference where they presented Marvel's Avengers. And you know IGN has kind of asked some pretty important questions in the uh, in the follow-up because we didn't really get a ton of information about it. Now one of the things that has come out since is that there is of course uh, a campaign mode and you are going to play it at single player. There is no multiplayer in the campaign mode. Now as they it has been described to IGN is that there are going to be extra missions that pop up. During the course of that, that you can play multiplayer, you will have to be online to do that, but the main campaign will be solo, and then if you want to play the extra missions by themselves that actually tie into the the campaign itself, you you can play them solo, you can just be offline, you don't have to play with anybody else, but if you want to play those extra missions with other people, then you can but this game has basically been set up where you're playing through a story mode and you're the only person controlling the Avengers because in the demo, it switched from Avenger to Avenger to Avenger as the, the trailer progressed and as the action went on.
1: The only thing I was disappointed with that announcement was I was hoping for a couch co-op.
0: Yeah, I mean, this kind of knocks out the theory that this could be something like Marvel Ultimate Alliance or, you know, a X-Men Legends kind of style game. But then again, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3 is coming out, so do you really need the Avengers game to be like that? I mean, why would you have two of the same games with the same characters coming out?
1: Well, I, I, I meant just as in, you know, I'm fine with, with a story-driven game. I was just hoping that, you know, that you could either play it on your own, switching, switching between characters, or unless it unless you play as Iron Man for so long, now, okay, now you got to go play as, as Thor. Or I was hoping as a... You can have your buddy come over and, okay, now these are the three people that we can be in this level. And you can pick your own people and then and then go play as a group that way. That's kind of what I was hoping I for.
0: think because of the way they're telling, telling the story is that you're moving from one piece to another and each Avenger fits into that set piece at that time. That they don't want to take control out of one player's hand and put it into another player's hands. I think that's why they can't split it up. And to have multiple options. I mean, playing like couch co op with, in say, Marvel Ultimate Alliance is fun as hell, but it may not just work with the structure of this game. I think it's there are very specific set pieces and points in time where you can play as a certain Avenger. Um, although it does say in the article that if you want to go through the campaign and the challenges as Thor, that you can do as simply as Thor and like level him up, then you can do that. But I think for at least part of the game that you're going to have to, you know, just jump from Avenger to Avenger to Avenger. And to tell that story, it has to ne- necessitate that the same person is in control from one person to another.
1: Which is fine. I was just, me me being a a, a couch co-op person, I was just hoping that, you know what, that game, when I first heard it announced, I was like, well, that could work as a couch co-op game. When they came out and just said no... It's just single player. I was just kind of like, uh, well, that kind of a bummer, but that that's not a deal breaker for me.
0: To be honest, when you have a game with a team full of superheroes, a bunch of beloved characters, it kind of lends itself to a multiplayer aspect. So I can see why you're disappointed and why you might expect that going in. It's like, oh, an Avengers game where I have a team of superheroes at my disposal, and, and of course, like I mean, the Lego games, like Marvel Lego Superheroes. You can play multiplayer in that, so it kind of lends itself just by the nature of having a team-based um, dynamic.
1: Yeah. So, like, like I said, not a deal breaker. I'm just a little bummed.
0: Now, uh, the one last bit that came out about Marvel's Avengers from IGN was that while there are not loot boxes, there will be microtransactions in the game, and what the way it was described by the developers was that. These are not going. These are going to be basically cosmetic things, costumes, stuff like that. It's not going to be gameplay related. So they wanted to stay away from the loot boxes and the pay to win that has kind of haunted the loot boxes. So
1: your typical DLC for games.
0: Yes, I. I don't know necessarily what else besides costumes they could add in there. I mean, maybe you can diff, diff, like different musical tracks, soundtracks, and stuff like that. But you know, microtransactions. I don't have a problem with them. I mean, I play numerous games that have microtransactions. I mean, shit, we've all been playing games with DLC for a long time. As long as you don't force me to buy it to play the game, I'm cool with it because I can always make that choice not to. I mean, for the longest time, you hear, like, people complaining about costumes and cosmetic stuff in Street Fighter. It's just like, don't buy it. No one's forcing you to buy it. You don't have to buy that costume to play as that character, so just stop.
1: Yeah. Yeah. See, see when, when, when I saw this in the agenda and I saw microtransactions, I always cringe. And, and, and instead of getting on my soapbox, I'm like, all right, I'm going to hear what they're saying. And, and if it is just costumes and stuff, you know what, that, that's fine. To me, that's, for a game like that, it, it seems that's the thing. You know, d- different costumes, you know, maybe we'll throw a level out there and you expect to pay for a level. And you expect to pay for costumes. I don't have to buy the costumes and if you're not going to make it pay to win, which is awesome, I'm I'm okay, I'm okay with that. You can put all the costumes you want on there. Doesn't mean I have to buy a single one of them.
0: I think microtransactions have gotten a bad rap because of how some developers have used them. I mean, we've seen it maybe not necessarily it's worst, but definitely pretty bad with like the EA Star Wars games. And I, you know, microtransactions are not bad. It's they are a good way to keep people invested in the game and to reward people's continue continuing playing of a game. Yes, they can get pretty grimy with how people can exploit microtransactions, but at the end of the day, like that's up to the gamer to be like, hey, this isn't worth my money, I'm not going to pay for this. So, I mean, the whole thing of it being an option, if somebody wants to pay for extra costumes, I mean, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. But, I mean, microtransactions, I think, at least for a long time, we may be getting out of that. Loot boxes definitely still illicit groans, but I think we're getting to the point where people understand that microtransactions aren't necessarily a bad thing. You just kind of have to be careful where you spend your money. Exactly. And you know, with all the great games that were shown off at E3 this year, we're all going to have to careful. We're all going to have to be careful on how we spend our money because if we just went out and bought everything we wanted, well, shit, we'd be all poor as fuck, not being able to pay our mortgages. Amen. So, uh, one of the great things, one of the things about this this year's E3, was that. Sony, obviously, was not there, and in a interview with—excuse me, in an interview, I would—my journalism professors would be rolling over in their graves if I left that at uh, the incorrect article. In an interview with Giant Bomb, Xbox headman Phil Spencer said that, I quote, I wish Sony was here. E3 is not as good when they're not here. Now, of course, this is, you know— leading into the argument that competition is healthy for the industry. It's good for gamers. It's also good for the people who work in the industry. So, uh, Phil Spencer, I think that what's come out about Microsoft is they've kind of changed their stance in that they're they're now more, more about breaking barriers down now, and, like, you know, we've seen it in their partnerships with Nintendo. Even in small bits, like, you know, having Banjo-Kazooie show up in Super Smash Bros., even though, I mean, yes, they're getting paid for that, but, you know, they own Rare, and banjo kazooie
1: are part of rare they could have easily said no they could
0: but you know he phil spencer came out and said it was an easy call you know they are working more with nintendo these days and as we break down these walls and make gaming more fun and more fluid i think it's a good thing i mean tricky made the argument uh weeks ago when we talked about cross-platform play and how that can open many doors to many undesirable futures where people want to play any game on any console i just think it's a good thing and like that's something that phil spencer talks about in this article. Or this interview with Giant Bomb where he says, if you go to the store and you buy your kid the green box, and I go to the store and buy my kid the blue box, and they both want to play the same game and they can't play together, I understand in a fixed world of in order for one to win, that one has to lose, what dynamics are there. But when the business is growing, the numbers of gamers are growing, it feels like our opportunity as the industry is to get rid of the friction and just let people have fun playing the games. I think that that is a tremendous outlook and i that's something that i wish
1: your that move, sony would sony. have.
0: yeah i mean sony is still kind of this walled off garden where they're keeping everything tightly knit and and you know so close to chest i understand that you know xbox and microsoft they're not going to put master chief into a super smash brothers game and i understand why sony doesn't it's never going to put any of their characters into uh, a super smash brothers game it doesn't make sense I've seen lists where people were like, hey, I want Sly Cooper in Smash Brothers. Well, you're not going to get that because Sony owns that, and it doesn't make sense for them to put that character in Nintendo's games. But allowing for some of these walls to be broken down that have been so long-standing, all the way back from, like, the Super Nintendo to the Genesis and, you know, the Saturn and the original PlayStation and the N64 through, like, the uh, play- the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360. The more that we can just play with each other and have fun, the better it will be. So I really like the comments that Phil Spencer made. I like, and I think a lot of what Microsoft has done lately with Nintendo, as well as what they showed off in the press conference, is giving more credence to this fact that they're basically just, they're less about barriers these days, and they're more, doing they're doing more things that are better for us, whereas Sony is kind of still like this um, sticking to the old ways, and not willing to budge, and I, I think that makes for me, I've you know, why I didn't go online and talk shit about Microsoft, I certainly viewed Sony far more favorably than I ever did Microsoft. Now I'm kind of like, okay, Microsoft, even if I'm not going to buy your console, I can appreciate what you're trying to foster and facilitate here.
1: I, the best way to put pressure on Sony is stuff like this. For, for the other developer to go, you know, hey, listen. You know, I, I, I want to work with the other side. So, I mean, good for them. When, when I first heard the article about Phil Spencer, you know, better with Sony, um, I, I was going to say to the fact that, I mean, he's right in the sense of, one, you've got the competition. You've got all the three major, well, Nintendo did a Nintendo Direct, so they were a part of E3. But with them there, you draw in all the Sony people who are... Sony-related, still fanboys, trolls, whatever. Sony wasn't there this year, so how many people kind of checked out? I mean, we admitted last week, both me and Alex, I didn't didn't follow... I mean, I didn't watch any of the conferences. I followed E3 via Twitter, looking at, you know, the trailers that would pop up, that people would retweet, a couple of article headlines that sounded interesting... That's how I followed E3 when in years past I was looking at IGN and GameSpot for, you know, uh, you know uh, this title or that title or I was watching all the conferences. This year, I'll admit, leading into E3, I was just kind of like, eh. And, and I don't, I honestly can't tell you if it was because Sony wasn't there or not. I just, it, it makes the most sense coming from me, but... I honestly don't know. I was seeing everybody's tweets about how excited they were that they were going to E3 and E3 was coming up. And me, I was just like, eh, okay, Uh, I'll, I'll see some cool things.
0: Nintendo and Microsoft got a lot of people excited. They had great showings and there was a lot of promise, you know, from the other, like Bethesda and Square Enix. Like there was a lot of promise in those press conferences. So there was still very much reason to be excited for E3. And I think that in Sony's absence, Microsoft really stepped up. And I think Nintendo as well, they did a lot to, you know, draw up excitement, even just announcing Super Smash Brothers DLC characters. So I think that Sony not going was a mistake, because E3 is still a big deal, and you had these other developers there showing off big games and taking advantage of the spotlight that Sony wasn't really helping with. In Sony's absence, like, everyone else showed that Sony should have gone to E3, yeah,
1: I, I do agree that Sony should have... Sony should at least had some kind of representation. Now, I do hear that there were some Sony reps that were seen around E3. But, I mean, if anything, maybe they could have done, like, a Nintendo Direct. Maybe not come out and announce the PlayStation 5, you know, the spec-wise. Here, look, this is everything, like Project Scorpio. Scorpio, Scorpion. Scarlet. Scarlet. I was totally wrong. That was the Xbox One X. So... Just like the Project Scarlet, Sony didn't need to come out and go, hey, here's our PlayStation 5. But they could have come out, did, did a extended state of play, and, hey, here's, here's Horizon 2, or here's, you know, more Last of Us gameplay, or something along that lines. And I think you probably would have sucked in some more people for E3. But since Sony wasn't there... The Sony loyalists were like, well, if they're not going, well, then I don't need to pay attention. And it probably did hurt E3 this year from an attendance standpoint. Now, if you were a journalist, you probably liked it because you didn't have to fight the crowd.
0: Yeah, I mean, we also talked about that, how they were letting the the journalists do their jobs, and then they were letting the gamers in after 1 o'clock, was it?
1: Yeah, they had like a three-, four-hour window before the, the public, which I'm fine with that. Especially as long as, which is what they did was, your ticket was for 2 o'clock. It wasn't for 9 o'clock. Now, if they had come out and said your ticket was for 9, and then you get there and, well, we bumped you back to 2, you have every right to be mad, gripe, complain, throw a pitch fit, or throw a hissy fit, get your pitchforks and torches, and burn the place down. But they didn't. Your ticket was for 2. You can complain, but you really don't have a leg to stand on. Well and you know, if
0: um still people still had plenty of time to look at the show floor, and if all the the writers, and the journalists, and the media get in there early in the morning and then they leave, that's
1: less people for the public to contend with. Exactly. So by by the latter half of the day, the public can have a heyday. Go buck wild.
0: Well, that is going to bring us to the end of this episode. But before we get out of here, we've got some housekeeping to do. Let's clean this shit up, Yield. Let's clean it up. Proven Gamer is looking for some help. If you are a talented writer, podcaster, video editor, or news reporter, please go to proven and click on the help wanted tab at the top of the page. Fill out all the information, and Tricky will get back to you as soon as possible. If you if you like to watch Twitch, Proven Gamer has a channel. We are streaming quite a bit. Go to twitch.tv backslash proven gamer to see what we're streaming. You can also contact us on Twitter. There's at Proven Gamer. I'm at Storm to Source Rex. Tricky's at Tricky Mick. Yield is at I Yield to no one. Steve's at Batchout27. And Sid is at Siderny, Sidderney, If you want to reach us via email, if you don't have Twitter, you
1: can contact us at trophyhorse at provengamer.com. You can also call us at our phone number. Yield, what's that number? 330 Proven9. And if you can't spell, that's 330 776 8369. If you like Trophy Horse, why don't you check out
0: one of the other podcasts on the Proven Gamer Podcast Network. It includes PG Spoilers. In the notes here it says, Best Show on PG. That was probably written by Daryl, who's kind of now taking the reins of PG Spoilers. We actually recently released an episode of the God of War Spoilers Part 2, which I was on. and uh, As well with Daryl and Donnie and Tricky. Then, there's also the Nintendo Dual Screens with Steve and Andy and the Game Stuff Podcast which Daryl wrote something after that that I dare not repeat on this podcast. I mean, we're uncensored, but there's just only some things that Daryl will write. That yeah,
1: I you just don't cross that line. Yeah, I'm not Ron Burgundy.
0: I'm no, not going to just read anything that you write down. So please check out all those other podcasts. If you like your Nintendo, go to Nintendo Dual Screens. If you want a more generalized gaming podcast, Game Stuff is for you. Where can you find these podcasts? Glad you asked, or didn't ask. But I'm going to tell you anyway. You can find them on Apple Podcasts, formerly iTunes, Stitcher, various podcast apps, Google Play, TuneIn, and you can find Trophy Horrors and Nintendo Dual Screens on iHeartRadio and Spotify.
1: Yield, we have three PlayStation 4 communities
0: that our listeners can get involved with.
1: Why don't you let them know what they are? So, you can check out my community, the Platinum Guild, where you can come and post your latest Platinum. You, the show's got one called Proven Gamers, or the site has one called Proven Gamers. The show has one called t does brothel because that's where the hoe the whores hang out is in the brothel and also shuhei will not let us type in whores in no way shape or form spaced out asterisks letters numbers and replace the letters it 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 just won't let us do it we tried so t does brothel it was and sponsors
0: we are proud to announce as we are every week that we are partnered with the Humble Bundle. If you want to see what the Humble Bundle has or you don't know what the Humble Bundle is, you go to HumbleBundle.com to find out more. I'll give you a basic synopsis. It is a charity initiative which every month bundles together games, books, comic books, digital media, all that kind of stuff that you can basically name your own price for. Now, there are tiers to each bundle, so the more you pay, the more you'll get. Uh, Again, though, it goes to support charity, so the more you can pay, it's, it's just better for everyone, and even if you have to shell out $20, bucks, you are still, you know, getting each bundle is generally valued at over $250, so as far as video games goes, so you're still getting your money's worth even if you have to put out a little more. We're also proud to be involved with Extra Life. Again, this year, Extra Life is happening on November 2nd. If you don't know what that is, Extra Life is a charity initiative that benefits the Children's Miracle Network of Hospitals. To sign up, or for more information, you can go to extra-life.org. To get signed up to join a team, to create your own team, or to play solo, you'll pick a Children's Miracle Network hospital to represent, and from there, you will collect donations or sponsorships for your 24-hour gaming marathon. Now, what you need to tell people is that 100% of the money that you collect for your sponsorships goes to support the Children's Miracle Network hospital that you were opted to represent. The motto for Extra Life is play games, heal kids, And it is the best possible win-win situation you could imagine. If you'd like to throw a little money our way to help the site, you can go to patreon.com backslash Proven Gamer. There are numerous tiers in which you can support us various rewards as well. Uh, Shout out to the show. You can come on the show. uh, Just look through everything that Tricky is set up. If you'd like to support the show via money, we would, of course, love that. Put it back into the website. Put it back into the show. um, Just to make a better quality show for you all. Uh, if you can't support us on Patreon, please know that just word of mouth or reviewing us on any one of the various applications where you can get the show does help out quite a bit. So, if you can just sp- spread the love for trophy whores, we would appreciate you just as much. Lastly, Yield, how about you tell them about Amazon and how that helps the site?
1: So, if you go to ProvingGamer.com, on the side of the screen there will be an ad for Amazon. You click that and it'll just send you instantly over to Amazon where you can continue your shopping as normal. And while you're doing that, a small proceeds of the purchases that you make gets kicked back to the Proven Gamer side where we use it to keep the lights on, we get ourselves some comfy chairs, update the curtains a little bit, maybe get some AC, and it makes everybody's life more comfortable. So, doesn't cost you anything, just a little extra click
0: I, uh, you know, I know that Tricky made a point about how we should continue to do the, the closings of the show, the housekeeping as we do, but man, I really just hate just reading from a screen and just like barfing out all these facts. I mean, to some degree it's necessary, but good God, this is, it feels cheap and dirty. I feel cheap and
1: dirty. The only time that it's really fun is when we totally derail it or we get sidetracked on something. Then that's when it comes into its best parts. But yes, every week, just mindlessly reading, it does get monotonous. But I guess the best thing that we've done is we started throwing it around. Well, here, you do this. You do that.
0: Yes, it prevents me from having to talk for like 12 straight minutes and from the listeners from hearing me talk for 12 straight minutes. Yes. You know, I'm going to say, if they ever do bring back Mace Windu for a Star Wars movie... We need to get Samuel Jackson on this show. Have him as a guest host. Oh,
1: that would be amazing.
0: Excuse me, Mace Windu. I've got a thousand questions for you. I hope you're ready for podcast for six hours. <laughs> well, that is going to bring us to the end of this episode. Before we get out of here, we've got our usual shout-outs. Yield, I'm going to let you uh, I'm gonna let you go. I'm going to throw it to you. All right.
1: So I will start off with a shout-out to Homer Against and Prepare to Die Your Scum. Like I said, we had our monthly get together trash talking ensued goals were scored feelings were hurt all
0: was fun hey shout out to you prepare to die earth scum sounds like he needs to play destroy all humans
1: it does doesn't it that did arrive from an alien movie by the way I hope you all get the reference from what movie it came from
0: what movie is that
1: spaced invaders
0: ah I feel like it could be a bumper sticker in like Mars attacks or some movie sci-fi movie like that but if it's actually a reference, it makes sense. It is.
1: It's a reference to Spaced Invaders, which is an absolutely hilarious movie if you've never seen it. So,
0: And, it, and it's a name that brings a smile to my face every time I hear it. It does. Chuckle a little. It,
1: it, was, it was one of those movies I wasn't expecting anything and walked away going, I love it. Um. Ah, oh, A shout out to you, the Pimps and the Adams of the Whoredom. Thank you for downloading, listening, contributing, interacting. I'm out of things intergalactic planetary there you go um man why am i drawing a blank but i am uh shout out to alex for recording tonight even though uh it's father's day shout out to all the fathers and my father out there and to close the show shout out to alex for recording if i didn't say that right i said for putting together the show notes and a shout-out to Tricky, who's playing hooky tonight. I know why he's playing hooky tonight, but he's playing hooky.
0: Skirting his responsibilities to
1: our listeners. He is. Last minute, well, sort of last minute, hey, I'm not showing up tonight. So, to him. Want to give a shout-out.
0: Yeah, he gets a twerp you. He does. Twerp you. Give a shout-out to the listeners, the fuel to the fire of this trophy horse. Thank you all for your continued support of the show. Without you all, we wouldn't be where we are. We wouldn't be on iHeartRadio. We wouldn't be on Spotify, on various applications where we can reach many, many people. So thank you for continuing to drive our success. Without you all, the show just doesn't go. So uh, we appreciate your time so very much. Give a shout-out since it's Father's Day to all the dads out there, to the trickies, to the Donnies, to the Daryl's of this world. You guys, uh, yeah. You guys are doing great work, the most important job as a parent, moms and dads doing the most important work anyone on this earth can possibly do. Also, I give a shout out to Yield for recording with me, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, last but not least, going to give a shout out to my loving girlfriend, uh, Ashley, for uh, giving me, you know, even though I'm not technically a biological father, you know, obviously she has kids and I'm kind of a parental figure to them, so she definitely, you know, she took me out for lunch and, you know, just explained that all the ways that she appreciates me and all the things that I do for the kids. So uh, I definitely appreciate that. I just want to give you a shout-out, honey. I love you. And that is going to wrap up Trophy Horde's 394. <laughs> Hope you've all enjoyed this episode. And until next week, happy Trophy
1: Enjoy your week. I'm going to eat some Chinese food.
0: Bring back Mace Windu.
1: Yes, Mace Windu.
0: first and Ray told me